Good morning, church. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. There we go. I love Christmas time, don't you? I'm telling you, I love it. I get to go uh, be with family, uh, have a lot of food around, you know, and celebrate and sing and all those good things. And so it's always a great, great time of year. So thank you for being here today. And uh, uh, we've uh, been in a series called uh, Christmasology, A Deeper Look. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that, uh, uh, too. I, I went to my folks uh, uh, this last uh, weekend we're on the way up. We stopped and sat all night with Josh and his wife. And so I did something I've never done before. I made a gingerbread house. Have you have y'all do this? Do people really do this? Yeah, I, I did this. I don't know why I did it, but I did it. I'm, I'm playing along. I'm not real artistic. I mean, I don't have those skills. I can't draw flies with syrup all over me. I mean, I just I have not. I have that ability, but that but I did. I made mine a gingerbread church. So. You can view that online. Uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't make the online deal there, but anyway, you'll see. It's basically the gospel symbols on, we're getting the word out one way or another, brother. Gingerbread church, however we can get it. Uh, let's look at this passage in Matthew chapter two. We've been talking in this series, uh, first we dealt with God with us, Emmanuel. We talked about looking a little deeper at those Old Testament passages and what that means. And I'm telling you, look, if you've ever been in a desperate situation and you've called on God, you understand, right? God with us. So when when uh, when when Bethlehem took place, when Mary looked down and saw the face of God, God with us. Not just God with me, God with us, a community, a family. He became flesh for us. God did. And then to find out that he's discovered what it meant for him to be the son of God and the sacrifice that he made. And Trent talked about that as well as the following week, him being the light of the world. True Christmas light is Jesus Christ, the light of the world, right? Who in turn says, you go be the light of the world. And so that's that's really the Christmas story. That's what we are to do. It's a, it's a story of action. And so today we want to talk a little bit about what it meant in this thing about being a shepherd. Now, usually when we talk about the Christmas story and we talk about uh, shepherds, we're always talking about the ones out in the field that get the news, right? They're the shepherds that we're thinking about. But when this passage, you're going to find out that in the Christmas story, the baby crying, he's the shepherd. And so I found think it's neat. God used shepherds to announce the shepherd arriving here in the flesh. So let's do a little bit of reading, starting in Matthew chapter 2. One through six. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's uh, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet, got it? Has written. So they're going to refer back to deep in the Old Testament about the prophet proclaiming this. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. So in Matthew here, he writes and he refers back 
to the book of Micah. So now we're going to look at Micah chapter 5. Now, let me listen to a quick little deal about Micah. When Micah, uh, when he writes this in the prophets, here's what Micah does. The story of Micah goes like this. First couple of chapters, judgment is coming. You've gotten away from God. These things have happened on the nation. Judgment's coming. In the middle of the book, deliverance is possible. There's hope. Deliverance is coming. End of the book, then go ahead and trust in God. Now that's the, that's the cause of the kingdom's going. That's the story of Micah, basically. Judgment's coming. Hey, you better wake up. But God's providing deliverance. There's hope. There's deliverance. And therefore, trust God. And out of this Old Testament prophet and the nation of Israel, the things they were going through, now comes the application of, of uh, the prophecy of the Messiah in chapter 5, verse 2. Right before this verse, he says they've been besieged. All right. And now he says this. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, I don't know if that's how you say that or not. You know, I just get up here and say it like I know what it means. And But uh, I do know what it means. Let me tell you, Bethlehem means house of bread. Ephrata means fruitfulness. So this area of Bethlehem was a very fertile place. And so, and, and by the way, I kind of think this is house of bread, but guess what? Jesus ends up calling himself the bread of life, okay? But this is Bethlehem. This is Bethlehem. This is the, the this is where this is happening. Through you, you, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient time. Therefore, Israel be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand. Okay, here we go. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God. And they will live securely for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth and he will be our peace. A shepherd is born in Bethlehem. Now, a shepherd does several things. I'm going to, I'm going to mention four of them. But a shepherd feeds, a shepherd leads, a shepherd protects, and a shepherd delivers. You got it? Feed, leads, protects, and delivers. Everything we need to be nourished, to be like God wants us to be, we find through the shepherd. Whether he's taking care of us, whether it's through his word, whether it's through his people, whether it's through his Holy Spirit that lives in us. The opportunity to be fed and shepherded and taken care of and nourished uh, uh, by Jesus is there. Now, so many times the problem is... What God wants to feed me isn't really, I've given myself over for the, to the appetite of other things. You know what I'm saying? Now, uh, any of you when you were raising your kids, were your kids picky eaters? Any picky eaters in here? Some of, some of you, some of you lying about that. We were doing another sermon one day. Picky eater? Yeah, you have that kind of that. Uh, now, at my house, it, it really wasn't like that growing up. Because they just, uh, uh, mom fixed and put the meal on the table and, uh, you ate. There wasn't a choice. 
of, uh, well, I don't like that. Would you fix? No, that didn't happen at my house. You just, whatever was out there, you ate. And I had two older brothers, so I knew to be kind of quick about it. You know, you learn that when you're young. And let, by, you know, by the way, I always knew we had plenty because every time I reached for a second piece of chicken, Mama said, no, you've had plenty, you know. So uh, uh, so, so what happened was uh, that, there was no pickiness about it. You ate whatever's put before you. Now, Susan's much more compassionate about that kind of thing because she'll think when we have people over to the house, she'll be like, well, you know, I'm wondering what, the, what they like or, you know, I don't know if their kids will eat this or whatever. And I'm like, just put it on the table. Well, what if they don't like I don't care. Uh, we're providing food for somebody. They don't have to eat it, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going through all this mental anguish. She's, she's so much good-hearted than I am, you know, David. I mean, and so I'm just like, just lay it out there because that's how it was done with me. And look, we always, we invited people over to our house and we just bring people in to eat with us. Just pour more, little, pour a little more water in the beans and spread it out further, you know, that kind of thing. We're eating in the living room, we're eating there. Her house, she was raised, her dad was retired military. That was different than how I was raised. There was structure. Everybody came to the table, sat in the same place at the same time every day, you know, every day. And uh, even as adults, I remember when we were dating, I was there one time, and uh, Susan or Kathy, one of them come running to the living room. He said, quit that running in the living room. He made him go back and walk, you know. I'm like, well, this guy's tough. Well, Charles got it down now. My house is just whoever happens to show up. We're watching a ball game, fix a sandwich, go to the living room. You know, it's just, so there was a little culture shock when she kind of, you know, came into the family. But But look, appetite. Sometimes we give ourselves over and our appetites change because we have a little taste of the world and we think we've missed out on something. I'm telling you, Jesus knows how to feed us what we need. But we have to make sure He is the one feeding and we have to be available at His table to get what we need. We get it from His Word, we get it from His Spirit, we get it from His people. He feeds us. He leads us. I love, I know a lot of people have this verse as their favorite verse. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct your steps. He leads us. He takes care of And look, He protects us. I try to remind myself and I try to remind my kids when they were growing up. Look, when something happened, you know, a flat tire or you got stuck in traffic, you were late, you didn't get to where you belong. I'm like, look, you do not know what God protected you from down the road. I mean, he's working around taking care of us in ways we never even dream or see. He protects us. Now, the great thing about, and he delivers us. And look, these people here were besieged. They needed deliverance in the nation. And he's delivered us from a lot of things, you see. He takes care of us. Why shouldn't he say, First Peter says, when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. That's why I want to follow him. He's a shepherd, and he does so as deity. You see, sometimes we get besieged or we get captured by things, and we need delivered. I look out over our church family and, and, and you know, to, to see where some of you were as, as, as sheep of God when you first came in and to how God has grown you now. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's an exciting thing. 
that God delivered us and grows us up. And we all go through different times. We all need shepherding at different times, right? I, I was thinking about different people in here that have just grown so much in the Lord. I, I remember old, uh, uh, I, I remember David Owen, my buddy David. David's probably getting nervous. What's he fixing the tail now? You know, they, uh, well, years, uh, years ago, and, and, uh, before either one of us was married, I'd pick old David up down here at his house, or we'd meet after he got off from working down at the bakery, and we'd go play basketball. Remember that day? We'd go play some basketball. We could actually both jump a little then. Now, I could almost get a dollar bill under my feet when I jumped, and, uh, that's why I always argue with that ref. He said, you walked, you went up and down. I said, impossible. I don't get off the floor, but, uh, you know, so, but, but we go play ball. And I remember there was one particular guy that just kind of drove us crazy. You know, God sends you sandpaper people in your life sometimes, you know? And so, uh, I never think I'm one of those, but, you know, we always say to somebody else. And so we're playing, and I mean, this guy, and David, he, he wasn't as controlled as he is today in his life. And I mean, there was, I thought there was fixing to be a big fight here, and I thought David was fixing to hit this guy right in the mouth, and I, and I'm trying to hold him back. I actually kind of wanted him to. I mean, I didn't like the guy either, you know. And but I look and I think about our our growth together. He helped me grow. I hopefully encourage him. But then I think about all the people that he's helped grow through groups, through house church, through CR, and I see how God fed and God shepherded and God grew him up. And we could tell a lot of stories about how different people have been grown and God's fed and taken care of us. Look, I can't do that. I, I'm, I'm one of the shepherds here. We have several shepherds or elders here. We, because we have to do it from a human viewpoint. And we're only human ourselves. And we mess up. And yet we're trying to help other people grow at the same time. And so, so that's a difficult task. But now I want you to look at how this shepherd does it in the Micah text. He says he's, he will stand and shepherd his flock. All these things he does, feed, protect. Here's how he does it. In the strength of the Lord and in the majesty of the name of the Lord is God. So here's what happens. Jesus is our shepherd. And look, he is doing it with divine energy. He's deity. He's got deity strength when he shepherds. I don't have that. But he does. And he has the power to deliver us. I can't deliver you from anything. I'm weak. I'm human. He delivers us. And so, boy, do we ever need delivered. Some are here today struggling. Sexual immorality. It's besieged you. It's taken you captive. You need deliverance. Pornography. It's captured people's hearts. You need deliverance. Greed has captured our hearts. We need deliverance. Pride maybe has captured us, besieged us. We need deliverance. Selfishness, laziness, pride. All these things that we battle. Sometimes they have taken us and then we let them stay there. But God is the one, the shepherd Jesus is the one that brings about deliverance from those things. He can deliver you. We can help encourage each other to grow, but He delivers us out of bondage. He's the one that takes care of our sin problem. Oh, aren't you glad there was a Bethlehem? Aren't you glad for the birth of the bread of life? The shepherd 
that delivers. The other day I was talking to Tommy him and we were visiting about just about church and he was saying, you know, Mike, there was somebody, I don't even know their name. I don't see him anymore around. I need to check on them. But I don't, he said, there's so many people I can't keep up. And I, and like we're talking about how difficult that is for, for elders, for shepherds to do that. Look, cause we shepherd from a human viewpoint. We're weak. I can't keep up. I look down at a pew and, and it's empty and somebody's not there. I know somebody needed shepherd. And I, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to do that all the time. I can't have a relationship with everybody. So Tommy and I were talking about the struggle of that. And, and by the way, I love what David and Jeremy are doing through our groups and our connections because, look, it helps shepherd people. We can't shepherd you if you're not in a group because there has to be relationships. If you're our only Sunday morning only person, I walk in here in the door and I walk out, and, and, and then wonder, you know, when you don't get help. I, we can't shepherd you without relationships existing. Understand? I mean, that's a burden to us. I wish I knew the magic way to make sure everybody got what they needed spiritually and would grow and be nourished and be healthy and all that kind of thing. But that's always a challenge. It's always a challenge. But look, we're all sheep. Look, if you make, make a bunch of sheep noise. And, and draw the other sheep back in when you see them gone, right? Pick up your phone. Send a, send a text. Tell people you met, people you know that you don't see. Help us shepherd people's lives. Cause I'm honest, honestly, I just don't know how to do that in a big way. I know we have to multiply our leadership. We have to broaden it out. I love our small group leaders because they take care of people in their group. That's powerful. We need that. Because a few men as shepherds can't make that happen all the time. But you know, in Ephesians, he says he's given some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, to get them involved in works of ministry, till, he says, they grow up and take care of themselves. So there's got to be that maturity goal that takes place you know someone would say uh well, mike i was in the hospital and you didn't visit me if you ever been a preacher you get you get that one every now and then i'm like i didn't know you was in the hospital i don't have any magic ball that tells me uh we all should have known you know your elder should have come down there and well i i don't know or someone said one time well, yeah i was gone from there three weeks and nobody even missed me and i i just want to say I'm not sure you were making a big impact if you were here and gone three weeks and nobody missed you. I'm not sure how big impact you're making when you're here. Got it? <laughs> I mean, we're in it together. It's a one anothering thing. Our human efforts are going to be weak. Jesus' efforts is divine. It says he shepherds with Deity strength. That's why Isaiah says he, he calls him wonderful counselor, prince of peace, mighty God. The strength to shepherd your life. That one who has that with deity strength is Jesus. Jesus Christ. But not only does it do it with deity strength, he does it in the majesty of God. When that leper walked up and Jesus bent down there and touched him to heal, physically touched an open wounded guy. 
How long had it been since a leper had been touched? How long do you think that, that guy, I mean, everybody avoids a leper, right? Yet Jesus physically touches him and people, and he's clean. He's made white as snow. And there's all of a sudden that people acknowledge and see his majesty. They see his glory. He, tell, he heals a man that's lame and the, the lame man jumps up and he's jumping and he's running around and people know he's been lame all his life and they see the majesty. They see the glory of God. That's how Jesus does. He's a shepherd that shepherds with divine strength and in the majesty of God. When we see him do great things, we give him glory. Not us. God gets glory. God gets the majesty. It belongs to him. Now, here's what the verse says. When that happens, this is how he does it. He stands in shepherds in the strength of God and in the majesty of God. And then when he does that news, he says, and the verse spreads all over to the ends of the kingdoms, all over the earth, which is exactly what we want to have happen, right? We want the story to be told to the whole world. And then he ends the passage with this. And he is our peace. Not that he gives us peace while that happens. He is our peace. We become a part of Christ. Because when I become a Christian, I put on Christ. I'm clothed with Christ. He's in me. It's no longer I that lives, remember Paul said, but Christ lives in me. And I need that. Because my own human efforts, I can't take care of my own problems. I can grow, but I've got to make myself available to the shepherd in order to really grow. There's a, there's a passage in Psalm 23. It's become a new Christmas passage for me. Oh, it's not a new passage. You know it well. A lot of you have uh, quoted this all your life. Uh, I put the New King James Version up because we're going to say it together in a minute because I knew you're going to go right to the one you memorized anyway, right? What I want you to do, uh, a lot of times this, this section of Scripture is used at funerals. Matter of fact, I, I, uh, 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 I, I, mar- I married a man the other day. Uh, well, let me, let me rephrase that. I did a guy's wedding. Um, so he said, Mike, I want you to use this, pa- this passage, Psalm 23. He said, it, he said, I know it's used a lot at funerals, but, you know, to me, I quote it every day. I look at it every day. It just gives me life. Use this. In the- so I used it in, in the wedding. And when I did, I told him, I said, now, look, I'm using this in the wedding. That doesn't mean that a wedding is a near-death experience. I'm just saying this is his favorite. Well, it is a passage about life. It is a passage about life. But I want it to become your new Christmas passage. Because when you read that Matthew deal about Jesus being born and he is a shepherd, I don't want you, when you hear the word shepherd, I don't want you to just think, think about the ones in the field that heard the noise. I want you to think about the baby Christ. I want you to think about Mary wiping the shepherd's face. Mary raising the shepherd boy. And look, all those Jews knew what a shepherd king looked like. They'd seen and heard of David and 
with all the prophecies, and now here he is. I need this shepherd in my life. The times I'm in despair and the times I'm lonely and the times I'm hurt, I need, I need to know the Lord is my shepherd. And I need to remember it, it started at Bethlehem. He's born there, right? Let's, uh, I want us to stand and I want us to say this passage together, okay? Please join me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the church said, do you want that kind of shepherd? Here's the message. You see an empty pew. You make it your goal to find that sheep and help them come home for Christmas. You look at your family. You find a way to talk about the shepherd and help them come home for Christmas. So when we worship on Christmas Day, we're starting a new, renewed commitment to be shepherded by the Lord and to help shepherd the lives of other people. Father, we love you. Thank you for the day. Bless us, Father. Oh, you've already blessed us so many ways. But Father, we want to be more like your son. We want to grow. We know you take care of us. We know all the provisions are there. Help us to walk with humility and to serve you diligently. Thank you, Father, for the birth of the shepherd, for Jesus Christ, who came into this world because you love us so deeply. For that good news, we're grateful. Thank you for the deliverance that you brought about in our lives. And I pray for the deliverance of people sitting right in this room who deliver, need to be delivered now. May they, their hearts be pricked and their mind be turned towards you. Thank you, Father, for the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, if you have a need today, you can come while John leads us in this song.